Okay. New topic. New topic. Um, I'm about to be a parent. Pavan, you have parented two kids who are 21 and 18, correct? Mm -hmm. Which that is impressive in and of itself. <laughs> um, and so I'm kind of curious in a general sense, parenting advice, mm -hmm. but then specifically, uh, how did you navigate giving a framework to your kids? Well, um, I, I am, a, I regret, regretfully must inform you that I didn't know what to do because I wasn't in a church anymore. And I, I kind of blew it off. Hmm. And I feel like that was a really bad choice. Hmm. Um, I wish that I had somewhere to go that wasn't Catholic, you know, that wasn't so extremist. I wish I had had a place that I could have taken them that was less extreme, but still, you know, good, um, so that they would have that backbone you need, I, I really think people need that backbone. And um, yeah, I, I feel that that was a, a failing of mine. And it's not that my kids aren't fabulous and everything, but I, I wonder if they would not have benefited from that. Hmm. And so I, I, this is all hypothetical now, but looking back, how would you have done it differently? I don't see how I could have. Hmm. So you know, unless I'd started going to church, but I, I didn't want to. And certainly not, you know, I didn't even speak Dutch. And plus I wasn't really into the Catholic thing. And yeah, except for going, you know, Christmas and stuff. <laughs> going to, <laughs> I like going to Christmas mass, but hmm. um, yeah, I really, like I said, I really never found anything. And really I was too lazy. What I really ought to have done would, was to have taken a, an organized amount of time every week to sit down with them and whatever, teach them something. I really should have done that, but I did, it wasn't even laziness. I really did not have the energy for that, nor did I have support to do something like that from my spouse. So I would have been on my own and I, I, I was too tired. I, I was exhausted all the time. So. Yeah. Again, I'm about to jump into this, but I would not call it laziness at all. I know that there's so much survival mode within parenting in like a really beautiful way. You're just pouring all of your energy into basic needs for this child, especially when they're young. And yeah. But even when they're older, like it's, it's affirmation of who they are, of their exploration. And, and, and so I really, Bavon, I don't know your kids a ton, but Alex was with us after our improv show mm -hmm. and my buddy Joel was sitting with him. Um, and so Joel and I worked together and, um, but I got just some glimpses of their conversation talking with Joel and like, he just was really impressed with Alex and how, uh, whatever, however, you know, you things shaped up in your household, what in, was imparted to him was an inquisitiveness. And mm -hmm. if anything, um, wait, cause is Al Alex is 21. 21. Yeah. yeah. And so jo what Joel noticed is like that Alex was pretty confident saying he was a spiritual person who wanted to uh, I forget the wording, help others find that inner voice, I think is maybe what he had even huh. said. So however you did it, he... Osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> and things are imparted, whether you know it or not. I've heard the, fra the phrase like, things are better caught, not taught. 
That's and so true, yeah. maybe maybe there's actually paying attention. <laughs> yeah, there's benefit from I think what he saw in you is a journey. And so he said, I want to help other people on a journey and I'm on a journey. And um, but Joel said he was re- really inquisitive and um, deep thinker, philosophical, mm-hmm. thought through things really well. And I just think like, that's awesome. That's what I would want for my kids. I, like you said, I want to give them a, a framework, but I want to teach them how to think for themselves yes. and to question uh, what we might be giving them, not in like a disobedient, like sometimes we just need they to will. like move forward. kids. <laughs> Guaranteed. Rebellion. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and so as a parent, this is all, you know, I have not done any of this yet, but um, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, raise up individual thinkers who, who have a framework, but can examine that framework, can help others, can, um, so they're, yeah, I mean, it's all a bit idealized now, but it was cool to see how Alex articulated things. And so I think that's a huge credit to you. Thank you. Yeah, he really enjoyed talking with your friend as well. We, we talked about it as we walked away to the garage, we ta- he ta- told me all about their conversation and he thought he was really cool. And Man. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. But Scott, at the same time, like you can, you can do the same kind of like parenting for two kids and you can still have like two different kids. I do. Night yeah. Oh, mm. Listen, me and my sister, we had the same upbringing and everything. And oh, we, we can have a whole podcast on how unchristian-like my sister is. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> like, I, you, you say, I'm very open and I listen to everyone. And my sister is, and I'm, I don't really want to say it out loud, but we've seen it before. She's technically just full-on racist at the moment, she, uh, uh-huh. even, even with the kids. Uh, she has two uh, little kids herself. And I mean, I'm, I'm anti-racist. I want to say that uh, right now. I'm, I'm really moving towards that at the moment. So even if you give them the strongest morals like I have and you can go on, you can still, it's the environment the kids are in. Like a lot of school and teachers and other people around them, you can give them whatever, but it can still switch whenever they become 18. <laughs> When mush brain. Yeah, by mush brain. <laughs> You're also born with your own who you are. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, some people have an inquisitive mind and some people just don't naturally have an inquisitive mind. You know? So, mm. you know, it's the, just different. The, the only advice I, get, I hear around my friend Tanya right now, because uh, they uh, all the females in their group are having kids right now, because it's that age. <laughs> uh, just do not give them a lot of screen time if if possible no screen time until they're at least five because apparently that damages the brain mm. uh they they had a whole iPads. Si- yeah that's true yeah but uh, they had a whole scientific uh, article about them i even did a little bit uh, of my school assignment on that it's a, a baby center and they actually put on these uh, brain caps on babies and they check their brains what happens if they get screen time and they actually damage the brain if they are exposed to a certain amount of like screen time before the mm. age of five. Mm. So yeah. as a non-parent, that's the only actual advice I can give you. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I agree. And uh, I, I, my, my parents also kept me away from, 
it was very limited TV time. You know, I, we didn't have all the other stuff that we have now. Mm. And um, I see happening is that children now have far less imagination. Um, so Ed, that's very good advice, Joey. And Sweet. if you want a kid who can think for himself, absolutely keep them keep them as far away from screens as is humanly possible. Mm. But you you won't really be able, you know, I couldn't control that either. I tried for years, but they go to their friends' houses. They, it's just the society we live in today. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I think it's like a in moderation kind of thing. Um, and I think my parents did that. Yeah, really well. Because there's some beautiful things of like watching a family movie together. Yeah, I oh, have definitely some, like, my fondest memories. Yeah. So it's like I loved this so much. Um, but yeah, we didn't really have TV on during the week, and then we could play Nintendo on the weekends. And like to this day, my brothers and I. And 64 Smash Bros. Like we are still going at it and we love it so much. Um, yeah. One of the other things I was thinking about as far as raising um, independent thinkers is, is who you surround them by. Um, I think, Joe, you might have mentioned this or something, but one of the cool things I saw in my parents is that they, they had people over for dinner. In, mm -hmm. in, and actually, not only that, but then through necessity, we had someone living in our basement because uh, I have four brothers, five boys. Ugh, we eat a lot. We poop <laughs> a lot. Um, and we had just different people living in our basement that just became part of our family. One of them is my cousin, who actually now lives here in the Netherlands and is a huge reason why I moved here. I mean, she is a huge part of who I, how I see myself and how I see the world. And it's because she lived with us. And we had a guy from Kuwait and uh, Walid And... And to this day, I'm very comfortable with uh, Middle Eastern men. And it's because of Walid, because he just is just part of the family. I didn't know any different. And uh, I just think that's so cool. And then similarly with my job, I think that's why I love what I do. We always have somebody in the home and we have, you know, people over for dinner. And so our kids, hopefully, uh, yeah, they're just going to be very socialized because mm -hmm. different adults other than us are going to be um, in their life hanging out with them, affirming who they are. Um, so things like that, I'm like, okay, that's very exciting. And I'm grateful for what my parents did with us. Yeah, absolutely. I know my, I know my kids always also have like really fond memories or like of having people over. And I, I once also had a couple from like the baseball coach uh, from America and his girlfriend like came and lived in my house for like almost a year. And that was like, I think my, my kid's favorite year of all time, you know, and it's, 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 it's yeah, it's, it's awesome having people to stay and also traveling. Mm. was also very eye opening for kids. I, I, I took them a lot of places. Mm. Road trips, flying. How'd you usually do it? Yeah. Now, God, now it's a mess, but, um, uh, <laughs> Some road trips and some flying depended. Mm. After the divorce, I didn't have a lot of cash. So it was usually like little three-day trips, but uh, mm -hmm. still enough. Yeah, because the kid doesn't know any different. You, you create the, the sense of the world. And so you'd say, oh, it's like, we get to explore this, this place. And yeah. yeah, my family, we did a lot of road trips. And a lot of time in the car, but I was like, I don't know any different. This is the best. This is so cool. It was really awesome. We, we drove uh, from here to Italy once. Mm. And that's one of the coolest things because you go through Paris at night and you can see the Eiffel Tower light up completely, which is the coolest thing. And as a kid, you, you don't need sleep. 
your parents are stopping on the side of the road, but I just wanted to stay awake until with air. <laughs> so I, st- I stayed awake for about 28 hours during that ride. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Which if you do that as an adult, you will feel groggy for the rest of the month. <laughs> I bet your parents were like, this kid needs to go to bed. <laughs> no, I had a Game Boy. <laughs> With a ton of batteries with me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I had the uh, first Game Boy with that really crazy light attached to it, onto it with the blue light. Yes. <laughs> just playing the first Pokemon just on the road and just looking out of the window. Dude. <laughs> so good. But Scott, I just thought of something else, which is also really important when raising an open-minded child. Uh, because I do that with my nephew and you see the difference how he is with me and my sister, which is funny because she's the parent. Uh, I talk to him as an adult. I don't, I don't baby talk. I hate baby talk because you make, you keep kids stupid that way. Mm. They, they're still allowed to be a kid and you're not like, Hey, by the way, this is politics. We're talking about this now, but, uh, whenever he wants to play, I, I, so I taught him, I have coffee and as long as this cup is full, and I'm sitting in this spot, we're not playing. And he, he's okay with that. He's like, hey, do you, when, whenever I get to their house, he actually offers me to, to bring some coffee. And he, actually, and he actually does, which is awesome. And he just waits patiently. And sometimes he looks into the cup and he's like, ah, it's still there, so I'm not doing this. <laughs> but, but with other people, no respect for boundaries whatsoever. And, and the big difference is because I treat them as an adult. Like, he's a human being. So I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, how's school? And he's like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I have, I have my friends. I like this girl. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. Let's go play. And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I agree. My parents always treated me the same. Yeah, because you, you see that with, uh, again, with a lot of fre- uh, friends with Tanya right now. She has one good friend and they don't really interact a lot with her child and she watches a lot of uh, YouTube videos on the tablet already. Uh, she's yeah. five and you already notice that she, she, she's such a sweet child. I, I, it's not a friend of mine. I don't really know her, but Tanya tells me a lot about them and she's like, Oh yeah, Tanya's here. Yay. And, but at the same time, Tanya already notices like, Oh, she's, a, she's a little bit behind. She's not really talking a lot of things. And whenever she's talking, it's always, like in a baby voice and a bit uh, of the same words. So it's really important, I think, at a young age to just be like, hey, we're talking, we're having conversations. So there yeah, you go, like advice from a no parent. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said that when you're young, you feel like you've got a lot to say. And then when you're... <laughs> And you're older and you've been through things, you're like, I don't know anything. No, no. What's life? <laughs> I do know one thing. No matter what you do, when they reach a certain age, they're going to blame you for doing it all wrong. <laughs> yep. Pavan, are you in that? Is, is that the now age? Uh, no, not, not yet. But I know, I know from watching other people and from myself, there's a part, I think it's, it's around your twenties, early thirties, where your parents are like, mm. and then you get over it again. And then you're friends again. <laughs> yeah. Once they realize, once they're in a similar situation, they're like, oh, 
ooh, they actually did a really good job or they, you know, they yeah, really you, you they just, could. yeah, you realize, you know, you, you can only do your best. For now, you, it's the age of 24 and I will let you know whenever that ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a necessary thing. Your parents, fr- they, they, they'll build your entire world. Then you hit junior high. You're fr- you see your, first your, your parents, then your friends build your world. And then, beyond, and then you start to actually figure out who am I apart from these different forces. And then you can have a, an appreciation back for your parents and appreciation back for the things you've gone through. Exactly. Yeah. Kavan, do you have any advice for raising uh, teenage boys, boys in general? Oh, God, fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, what's really, really, really important is um, very important, actually. Um, to listen to them, to not lecture them, to ask, to just keep asking questions. Just keep asking questions to get them to talk because they're, they're, not, they're not open to what you have to say or to your advice. But by asking questions, they will feel heard and then they will feel uh, more of a, you'll, you'll have more of a connection to, to, to keep that relationship open. And then maybe you will be able to sneak in <laughs> what you think but Hmm. yeah that that i yeah if you want to keep the lines open you know just ask questions don't don't punish or enforce enforce Mm -hmm. lecture just ask questions Hmm. which is great life advice in general like just for any relationship yeah ask more questions like I'm just realizing that with Brianna like it's just so easy to think you know what the other person's I know saying or communicating or feeling and you don't yeah but you might really get it wrong yeah and actually uh same for friendships because I am known as an advice giver you can come to with anything you can come to me like any problem I will listen to you but the problem I have is that I want to fix. I want to have solutions. And what I learned this year, I almost lost my best friend because I kept just bombarding her with solutions. And all, what I learned is that sometimes people just want to be heard and listened, listened to. And sometimes that's just as important. Hmm. Like fixing yeah. is not always needed. Yeah, I see that in my, in my I, I also, I do coaching with cards. I do small sessions of coaching with cards and that's what I find too. Generally what these people need is, is to, for you to listen and they just, the whole story flops out, you know, and then they, yeah, they want your advice, but they, it, what really does them good is that they've felt heard and maybe it's something they've never told anyone before and just to be there and ask questions and listen. Yeah. Mm. When you say cards, what does that mean? Um, I use uh, angel cards. And what I do is, um, you know, I ask God and the angels and whatever to, to be with us. And um, I use those cards as a tool to um, help me to get the messages to them. Just like, you know, you and I write, mess- write to God to get the answers. Well, I can also use those as a tool to get answers and to then help to coach them. Like say the, the, they'll shed light on a block, for example. Wow. And then it'll also say, Hey, the cards might say, if you do this, but what happens is, you know, the same card could mean something different for some, someone else. But because I 
can see the person, I can really see the person, then I know, oh, okay, this card means that for this person. Huh. Hmm. That's kind of cool. That I just cool. use it as a coaching tool. Huh. It, yeah. So it helps structure the conversation as well as the question asking. It helps structure the conversation, but it also presents, presents me with solutions for that person. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, Pavan, you've talked about uh, maybe an innate or um, God-given gift of being able to see someone and, and see uh, what might be blocking them or a need in their life. Um, was there anything for Joey or I that... Um, well, I, like I told you, I, want, I really wanted you to know that you are here to be an actor. Hmm. <laughs> that, that, that's what you're here for. Hmm. Do it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get on it right now. Don't give up. <laughs> hmm. And Joey, yeah, we've talked, we've spent a lot of time talking. Joey. Yeah. yeah. We were, we were always early and just we had always, yeah. long, just a nice long conversation. Joe was great. Always fun. Yeah. Hmm. Joey's awesome. Joey, Joey, you're a great person. You have a lot to offer. And I think you're, you're doing that now. Just open yourself up to meeting a lot of people because you're, you're, you're very cool. Hmm. I, I always get really shy when I get compliments. <laughs> Stop it. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> we all have to learn that. I, I used to not be able to take compliments either. Mm -hmm. Just say thank you. <laughs> and it comes from a core belief of uh, not being able to be loved. Or it's like, I'm, I'm unlovable. And so it's this like yeah. that. You don't know. You just, you're just saying that. Right, right, right. Uh, and it's actually funny because for me, and it's not talking myself down, I am not used to getting compliments because not a lot guys normally, and I think it's different. That's, I think, a really big difference between a Christian or a religious uh, community is that for guys, it's very normal to be like, hey, God, hey, dude, I love you. And thank you for saying that and I appreciate what you did. And for guys uh, that are not from a, from a group like that, they're like, hey, brah, everything's cool. Bye. We're not talking about emotions. We're not right. giving compliments. And right. I, think, I, I think that's the, the main thing. It's also the Dutch culture, the, 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 that sort of Viking, Viking background. Yeah. yeah. Not, not <laughs> big on complimenting. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, big it's on culture here. Big on criticism or how it should be, maybe not on affirmation or something. If, if you tell me, like, I want to go to theater school and, uh, you know, I want to I start that and I think I can make a career of that, I, as an open person, would be like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, what's the planning? But a real Dutch person will always say like, ooh, is that a good idea? Is that something you should do? I think that's everywhere, though. <laughs> that's Especially what my parents did to me. And then they're like, we're not paying for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a bad example, but it's for most things. No, they're, for real. They're, they're highly critical of everything. I think um, me going into ministry was, more tan was, was the safer option versus me going you know, into full-time acting. Uh, so... But my parents, they are, they are very supportive regardless of what I do, which I really appreciate. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we're nearing the end of this episode as well. And one of the things I wanted to end with is what is one thing each of us are taking away from our conversation today? Something we learned, something we found interesting. I always have to think about this for a moment. 
Yeah, so true. many, so many things that we talked about. I just so much enjoy having these kinds of conversations and I miss it. I don't really um, have other friends that I can have these conversations with. And that's, I think one reason why that this particular um, improv group from group two, I think that's what actually made us all so close mm. is that in our WhatsApp chats that we actually do have these kinds of discussions. I mean, I don't have that kind of discussion with any other, any other group. And I, um, it's just so refreshing, you know, to be able to talk about these kinds of things. So yeah, it's not, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was nice to hear about your point of views and, and just to discuss it. I just, I, I find that energizing and, mm. and interesting and, Thank you. Thank you so much for, mm. for inviting me. For real. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is unique. Um, yeah. It, it just makes me long for more of this. I think we even just like scratched the surface. We could just kept going for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of something you had said, Pavan, like we're, we're made for this. And then without, without a heavy, you know, dose of religion, it's hard to know how do we engage in these kind of conversations. And so maybe this improv group will find a good way to start to tell other people, oh, do it like this, yeah. have these kind of conversations, <laughs> do improv that maybe that's the takeaway. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Just jump into improv. That's, that's my lesson for today. <laughs> no, uh, but what I take away from this podcast is just uh, that setting attention for a conversation. I think that is my, that's something I've never really done. Um, actually, fun fact about me is that I'm a doom thinker. So whenever I jump into something new, I always think the worst thing that could happen, like a meteor falls on, on the stage and blows me to pieces. But the reason I do that is because you can only go up from that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, with the intention setting, you do the complete opposite. You're like, I want to have fun and jump in with just fun. And I really want to do that for other things as well. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Cool. My takeaway is Pavan's words for me, which I think I'm going to totally hold on to. That somebody who relatively doesn't know me super well, just past, I don't even know, half a year maybe, can immediately see my purpose and something that I have known for a long time, but kind of keep at bay at times that I'm, I am meant to be an actor and um, something there is God given and, and would be sad to miss out on that. So I am definitely going to hold on to that. Cool. Okay. Scott to just have a nice ending. I, w- I, I kind of want to know, like, what are your hopes for the gender? Are you oh. hoping for? Are you hoping for a boy or a girl? Because you, we we talked a lot about how to raise boys, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's definitely gonna be a girl now. <laughs> <laughs> I we've had a lot of people say girl, but Brianna's had some dreams where it's been a boy, so she's thinking. Um, I see some really fun. I can visualize some really fun moments with both. Um, and I, I love hanging out with kids, boys and girls. Um, 
I've got some cousins, little, little boys, and like freaking love wrestling. Like it'd be something us as boys would do with my dad. And we're all, he'd have us like all in a leg. I don't know. Lock is what he called it. And we're all like, trying to get out of his legs. And, um, and then with girls, I mean, this is just true of all kids. I just love their imagination. Like it just pulls it out of me too. Like they're just so down to play. Uh, but I really love the thought of um, having a girl and show her from, her dad's perspective, how loved she is. And, um, but of course that doesn't change with the, when it's a boy. I think both boys and girls need to know how much their dad's proud of them and loves them. And um, so that's why it's like, I don't even, I don't know if I have a preference for sure. I don't know if I've got a feeling. Uh, I know that I had four brothers and so maybe girls is in the family just because of odds. Um, and I love my niece. She's so cute. And then they just, so they had two kids now, a boy and a girl. And I don't know the boy that much because he's back in, in America. His name is James. But, um, how, so I just genuinely don't even know. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Sorry, non-committal. I'm, I'm just going to be stupid excited for both. Just love the dots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm expecting a text message. Pavan, do you have an idea of what you think it is? I don't because I haven't focused on it. Yeah. But I, I would listen to Brianna because I, I knew both times. Like, it, like, I could not even think of a girl name. Huh. I had boy names and I, I, I could just never settle on a girl's name. So to me, that was a sign. Oh, and then with my second, with Quinn... Quinn actually like told, I heard Quinn tell me to call him Quinn. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. my name is Quinn. I'm like, okay, cool name. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so hmm. listen to Brianna's feelings. Yeah. And her dreams. Side thought on that. It's such a weird, so I don't know why God did this, but <laughs> we have such different experiences. It, she's having all the experiences and I'm only having the observer role. Um, I think as the baby starts to kick more, she'll be like, touch now, like put hand on belly. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I feel belly mostly. Um, no, you'll feel it. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. Okay, good. The, good. The foot oh yeah. It's really cool. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's really fascinating. I don't know why I can't like, why can't I have the baby for half the time? And then I osmosis it into her belly for the, the last half. The bad part? Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the I'll worst do, part. <laughs> I'll do some morning sickness. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, she just takes the whole thing. She takes the whole thing. So props to Brianna. Props to you, Pavan. Props to women. Shout out. Um, but it's, it's interesting. It's one of those gendered world things. I don't have a fair share in this process. But I do. It's just different. You do. You have a really, really important role. Right. I have an important role, but just as far as the subjective uh, feeling that a baby's, I think it's starting to grow for me now, but especially in the beginning, I was just like, I just, I don't feel pregnant. So I just, yeah. Oh, it's funny. I used to work with this guy and he was talking about the same, the same thing and how he just really didn't feel it. And what he said to me, and which is probably what you'll experience was, he said, until I saw my son 
being born. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, then he felt everything. And, mm -hmm. and, and then he was like, he felt like a dad and he felt he would do anything for this child. And just that, that all happened when he saw that the, his child, his son born. Huh. Ryan Reynolds said the, the same thing. So he said, oh, yeah? Like, yeah, he said, I love my wife and I would do anything for her. And the moment I saw my daughter being born, I knew I would use my wife as a human shield to protect this baby from bullets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's one way to put it. It's so funny. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and, and for another funny note for the baby being born, because I love uh, talk shows, Robin Williams said that uh, seeing the child being born was like seeing his favorite pup burn down because everything got stretched out and everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> nah. <laughs> mm. That's a good place to end. <laughs> On that note, Pavan, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for teaching us about intentions. I agree with Joey. I think we might keep that uh, going forward every week. And, um, uh, this has been a great conversation. We could totally have kept going, and I totally agree. This is, this is what we need more of. And uh, for all you out there, thank you for listening. This is Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.